0: Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Trailer Talk, Cinematic Doctrine's semi-monthly segment in which we discuss some trailers. December saw a big Disney investor call where countless trailers and teasers were dropped regarding upcoming Disney projects, so Carter and I are going to chat about six upcoming shows, for Marvel and two Star Wars. To get you guys into the thick of our discussion, I'm going to save you just the typical bread and butter and let you know ahead of time of just, like, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel, we're going to talk about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and What If, as well as Star Wars, The Bad Batch, and Andor. Which I apologize ahead of time, I kept calling it Andor Cassian, so if you hear me talking about a show called Cassian, that one doesn't exist, Andor exists, or at least in 2022 it does. Anyways, like I said, we're going to save you a lot of time and just get right into things after our friendly neighborhood call to action. If you enjoy the show, you can always stop by Cinematic Doctrine's Patreon and show your support with a $3 monthly donation. doesn't seem like much, but it really helps out the show when we're upgrading equipment, producing more content, and just trying new things. If you support the show through Patreon, you also gain access to some sick perks like voting on a movie we discuss at the end of each month. Movies have included American Gospel, Christ Alone, Onward, and American Pickle as well as exclusive access to The Pre-Show, a special show that's a bit more free-form with general Christian film or personal discussions, so another podcast. You can also catch Cinematic Doctrine on social media, links are in the show notes. And don't be afraid to leave us a review and give us your unfiltered thoughts on the show, we'd love to hear what you have to say. And lastly, you can check out cinematicdoctrine.com for written editorials and think pieces, as well as brief thoughts on trailers when they come out. All this will be available in the show notes, without further ado, let's talk some trailers. So, Carter, you work with stocks and stuff like that, stonks. I don't know if you see the stonks, stonks meme. I have. <laughs> um, I'm sure you have <laughs> since your line of work. Maybe that's just something you guys said back and forth. But um, this whole Disney investors call from like a week or two ago as of recording, that was, I'm guessing, pretty big news in your in your line of work. Really big news. I. It was funny because – Two of my good friends who work with me
1: at Vanguard, we 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 who, two two friends who also send those uh that the, that kind of meme <laughs> stonks. that stonks me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. We were talking about how Disney was going to have the, their best day ever, and after this call, one because they were going to announce the amount of subscribers that they have, and two oh, yeah. because they were going to obviously announce all of the upcoming content that they have. Lo and behold, we we see the the highest stock price that Disney's ever had. The next day, so it was pretty fun to to watch that. I'm also a Disney shareholder, so it's it, you know it was it's fun and cool to see the stock go up but you know after listening to that investor call moment, what were your thoughts? did you think you know did you have any idea at the kind of the, the business side of this of how this was going to affect
0: um, the, the stock price and other things like that I do want to answer that but what was the number again for their subscriptions because it's something like eighty 80- it's like eighty million. It's like something really high, isn't it? I think it was eighty six point six million. So Jesus, eighty seven million, and that's not even across the entire globe. Like that's just the United States, and maybe like a little bit of Japan, and like right is it, they're not even everywhere. Like Netflix, they're
1: right? not. They're not everywhere. They announced that they're going other places, but this is the crazy thing, man. So like Netflix, I don't
0: know how many subscribers they have. I think it's like one hundred sixty. One hundred seventy okay. million—it's something high. It's like it's like half of the population of the United States, but that's across the, they're, the they're, world. They're accessible across the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty
1: much double what Disney has. But this is the thing: Netflix roughly brings in twenty-three billion dollars of revenue a year, and then you have to subtract from that all the licensing fees that they, you know, right. they incur, right? Because they don't own a lot of these movies. That's why they're creating this content because they want to have their own library. Then you look at Disney, who owns all this content, and yes, they're making the Mandalorian and a few other things. But my goodness, their their profit margin, if they can get to that level, is going to be so much higher than something like Netflix because they own a lot of the properties. And I think that's why they're so interested in you know making sure that Disney Plus is
0: the direction is is was what they focus on going in the future. Well, it's the cash cow, the stream. If you can get the streaming like if you can hit that just right you're gonna have a really good revenue stream and uh disney already kind of does that really well in all other fields all it is is just repurposing that content for a streaming service in fact i could see them expanding if with all the content that disney plus or disney has to offer in terms of media they could probably expand disney plus into more than just streaming videos they could probably start doing things like uh, uh what is it it didn't DC, DC Universe, when that was a streaming service, not only gave you access to streaming shows, but their comic book library. Disney could just make another thing where pay an extra $3, get all the licensed books and everything else we have. I don't know. Disney could do a whole lot more than they're doing right now. Uh, But anyways, yeah, you asked me about, like, how did I feel about the investor call? Man, I <laughs> I was the only guy who, whenever people were messaging me, like, did you see what they just talked about? Did you <laughs> see the trailer? And I'm over here like, I hate this. I hate everything about this. I hate so much about what they're doing. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? You're just a contrarian. I'm like, no, it's overwhelming. I don't, I like a steady stream of trailers over the course of a couple weeks, not like nine trailers in one day. Do you realize how stressful that is to me? And I'm like, I don't know why it is. It's just like, I just find it like frustrating and obnoxious. And there was even, this is like just me as a, as a person, like, but like, I was starting to think about this, like, as like, as like an editor, I was like, now I have like nine different things that need to be released in the next three days or else (laughs) all of the search engine optimization, which basically for people who are listening who just don't know about this stuff. So like there's an optimum time to put content out. So for instance, the search terms Disney and trailer and Star Wars and Marvel were skyrocketing for, like, the three days after the those trailers came out. And if you didn't get content out at that point, you kind of missed this train of like the optimum time to get content out, to draw people to your site. And I was just like, it's a weekend. I am not doing this right now. <laughs> so I'm not asking Carter to write stuff. I'm not asking Daniel to write stuff and I'm not writing stuff. This is Thursday. I'm not doing this.
1: Melvin, I think it's hilarious because, you know, the <laughs> the, the, the world is rejoicing and Melvin's over here like the Grinch. No, because I have to write all my this hair content. out, yeah. rending
0: my clothes. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. So like, I'm happy about it. All right. I think it's cool. I think like Daniel had an interesting thing a couple months ago. I think it was one of the trailer talks where I think Warner media had just released. They had just, what did, what is it? Their DC movie thing. What was it called? you wrote a piece on this. I forget. Oh yeah. It was um, DC fandom. Fa- yeah. the The DC fandom. When, <laughs> when all these trailers were dropping and there was sort of like this cultural excitement of like, finally we can get excited about something again 2020 has taken so much from us 2020 is going to be taking the office from us i can't believe it but we can be excited about these dc properties and so i get that like i see that it's excitement and so i don't want to be that like stereotypical movie buff contrarian guy who's like ah oh, yeah you like the marvel well i like the because like i like the marvel too but like i just yeah man i It took me, this is why it's taken so long for us to get this episode out, is because I just didn't want to talk about this stuff. I found it overwhelming and stressful. Preparing the notes for this was like, I have to pick out the best trailers for us to talk about. I don't even know what's the best stuff to talk about. I'm not on social media, so I just... So so that's it. That's how I feel. <laughs> the the
1: one place where I'll g- agree with you, Melvin, is I, I was disappointed we didn't get some more movie trailers. You know, you know me, you know, this show, this is a movie show. And so it was pretty frustrating to know, like, hey, they have a ton of these Marvel movies in the can. I'm going to care less about these Marvel TV shows, though they look fairly good. But the movies, that's you know that's that's my bread and butter and so mm-hmm. to know that a lot of these things were in the can like we were supposed to have already seen eternals and there's still no trailer it it kind of hurt but cruella
0: wasn't that something yeah. that's been like a long-standing film that'll be ready
1: supposedly in may and uh yeah they, they, that's been shot for i think over a year now
0: and emma stone that's great like why yeah. aren't they showing that off <laughs> so whatever yeah, and all the tra- all the movies that they sort of quote-unquote showed off were really just like, we've signed on this director, and here's a creative way that they announced that they're working on it. What was it? The Patty Jenkins <laughs> Rogue Squadron thing? Rogue so Squadron, like, yep. So it's like, hey, that's cool, I guess. James but- Mangold for Indiana Jones. It, it was
1: uh, kind of disappointing on the movie front, but man – TV fans and just Disney
0: Plus fans in general. There's a lot to be excited for, but I guess that's a good segue for us to sort of talk about the shows that they're going to be showing off. Considering, (laughs) considering at this point, shows are just long movies. Um, But that said, the first one I wanted to be talking about was Miss Marvel, which didn't kind of look like it was going to be taken as it wasn't going to be composed like a long movie. A lot of the uh, little snippets of actual scenes from the show we saw in this sizzle they're calling it i I hate when disney has the power to readopt words um and just change our vernacular for what is what we all come to know as trailers maybe that's their creative way of making it so if you search disney sizzle you only get disney trailers because i don't know anyways like another search engine kind of thing anyways this is like the only one that out of all of these properties looked the most like a television show but also from this trailer like all we got was sort of background around it but you you you're listening cuz you don't know probably don't know what miss marvel is maybe you do though miss marvel is a it's not captain marvel but it's sort of my wife knows a lot more about miss marvel but so I'm kind of going off of her a little here um she's a She's the lead character in the Avengers video game that recently came out, which has not been doing well, but people did like the story and did like Miss Marvel. Most everybody likes Miss Marvel. Um, She's a teenage Pakistani superhero. And also what's kind of great in theme of that is that a lot of the directors they've selected seem to be persons of color, which is great. So that's good representation. Um, Kamala Khan is a really well-appreciated character. She's very geeky. One of her big traits is that She is a fan of all of the Avengers and then at some point becomes a hero herself. And so she's sort of like that stand in of us. As fans of the heroes, who like to think like, what if I could be that hero someday? What if I could have the same powers? And so, what makes Miss Marvel so fun is that she quite literally is like when she's with Tony Stark, at least not in, not in the Disney canon, but when she is with all of the heroes and the Avengers, she is like, I've read all of your comics, also I've written fan fiction about you, so stuff like that is sort of exciting and fun about Miss Marvel but there's really not a lot to talk about with this because again, it's just a quickie. Like we're working on this. Here's a couple of shots we've, we've composed. And again, they don't look particularly good. In fact, comparatively, like if I have to compare miss the scenes we see of miss Marvel, um, to another teen focus drama, albeit mature teen show, like Riverdale has better composition lighting and just framing than miss Marvel. Uh, which I kind of would have just hoped with looking at The Mandalorian as sort of the staple of quality that Disney can do with a show. Uh, It'd be cool if all other shows had the same, uh, I don't know, I guess, reached the same standard. But the most interesting thing about Miss Marvel isn't actually what uh, this trailer shows, but is actually Iman Vellani. Uh, I do apologize if I'm not getting your name right, because she has a Letterboxd, which is the same website Carter and I met. Uh, Letterboxd, <laughs> again, is that website where you, cinephiles and fans of movies can keep track of the movies. They watch, rate them, review them, and follow other users. Anyways, on Iman's Letterboxd, uh, when it was announced that she was going to play Miss Marvel, her review, and I think she may have put it up intentionally, like when this announcement came out, but I can't tell, but she has a review for Captain Marvel, the Marvel film from a couple years ago. And it's a four out of 10 or two star review on Letterboxd for this film. And it's especially funny because she writes, these stars are not for Brie Larson. I will sacrifice my own life for Brie Larson. But most interestingly, she marks the date that she watched the film as watched the 26th of January, 1680. So I don't know if that's like she's a time traveler or maybe there's supposed to be some sort of funny Easter egg to the show here. But all in all, it's clear that she's doing it just for fun. It's actually, I think, one of the top three highest interactive reviews for the captain marvel movie but it's funny to see that someone who's casted in the marvel universe <laughs> gives gives uh captain marvel a low rating also she gave spider-man 3 the sam raimi movie a 9 out of 10 and says this is unironically great so that's cool and then carter you'll love this she gave 10 a 6 out of 10 and wrote okay okay now explain it to me like i'm a child <laughs> so that's great too Of course, she is like. I think she's like fourteen, so it makes sense. Like, (laughs) I think you can really see her personality here. I mean, probably why she one
1: reason why she got the Miss Marvel role. uh, I think they found her out of obscurity. I don't think that she had any roles previously to this and you know it's funny to see her personality like this coming out on even letterbox yeah. oh you know, yeah, you can tell she's she'll, she'll be around for a while you know after mar this is her start and she'll be she'll be uh,
0: probably a big name for a while she'll probably be more like her character than tom holland is like spider-man because if she's a young woman who's basically grown up watching all of these marvel movies and knows everything about it half of her performance which will probably be geeking out over thor or geeking out over even tom holland is going to be pretty much genuine so yeah i think that's going to be pretty neat it'll be fun to see her perform and and basically not have to do much so yeah that's pretty cool but anyways that that's more of a just a little fun tidbit because there's not a lot to go on we do have some main trailers here to go into. So, Carter, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to The Falcon and the Winter Soldier?
1: Yeah, so up next, Melvin, we got your your most anticipated show, oh, <laughs> Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier. It's not uh,
0: sarcasm at all. <laughs>
1: it's, it's probably the most testosterone-heavy uh, show that Disney Plus is putting out there. Looks like it's going for the vibe of, you know, Winter Soldier, right? Captain, the second Captain America movie. And so the trailer... Kind of starts off with the the stereotypical, the world is changing, which I think is how <laughs> the Captain America Winter Soldier trailer started as well. And
0: you know what's funny is like they say like the world and then it's like 40 seconds of nothing and then it goes like, yeah, it's like it's changing or like <laughs> it's different or something. And you're like, oh my gosh, like you really were pulling my chain there. I knew what you were going to say though. Anyways, that stuff always makes me chuckle. It's and then
1: right after that, Melvin, we see a lot of people pulling triggers, jumping out of planes. <laughs> yes, uh, you know a lot, a lot, of, a lot of Winter Soldier and Falcon stuff, and with the kind of with the passing of of Steve Rogers from the team, and and really, you know, the the mantle of Captain America being moved to the Falcon. Now, there's some pretty big big shoes to fill, and heroes like Falcon or the Winter Soldier. Who are definitely, you know, B-level characters when it comes to the Marvel universe are kind of getting their own show here. And um, you know, I think it's it's pretty interesting to see that, you know, on top of that, they have, you know, guys like Baron Zemo coming back, a villain from mm-hmm. uh, was he in Civil War? Was that the last one that he was? He was Civil
0: War, yes. He was a good one too. Yeah. I know was. a lot of I think there was a fair amount of people who didn't like his interpretation for that, but I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah,
1: and you know. Lots of American iconography and, and all that. It's
0: got a lot of dad energy is what you're saying. It's got
1: a lot of dad energy. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm looking for. Lots
0: of punching and kicking and American iconography. And What what do you mean by
1: dad energy, right? Is that what you mean? Lots of punching, kicking and America.
0: Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The sort of stuff that makes you feel good to be a man, even though it's like maybe that's not reasons to feel good about being a man. <laughs> I I think dad energy is a
1: great way to to break that down. That's a succinct way to say, hey, this is, you know, for all the dads, don't worry. We have a show. It's called The Falcon and the Winter Shoulder. We
0: got a Disney show for you. Yep. (laughs) Uh, You're tired of your kids watching high school musical? Well, don't worry. We got your dad show right here. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's very similar to The Mandalorian in that, you know, my dad, uh, he loves The Mandalorian. And it's just so funny because my brother and I will get a text every week of, it, you know, hey man, did you watch the did you watch the latest <laughs> nice. Mandalorian episode? Mando's awesome. a you know, he's a BA, you know, or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's so yeah. for all the dads who love the Mandalorian, I think this is gonna, you know, fill that hole uh in the middle of twenty twenty one or at least it looks like it's coming out in March, right?
0: Yeah, so uh actually we didn't even mention that with uh Miss Marvel, but Miss Marvel is supposed to be releasing late 2021, whenever that is. And then also uh for Falcon and Winter Soldier we're looking at March nineteenth. So mm-hmm. that's pretty soon.
1: Yeah, that's right around the corner. So yeah, any any other thoughts that you had on Falcon
0: and Winter Soldier Melbourne before <laughs> um, we jump
1: into the next one?
0: Yeah, I mean this one looks interesting but it's like also the trailer is sort of mostly focused on like big action big fights big whatever and i think it's because disney plus might be in this weird place where they're trying to convince you to keep watching because they know that like 2020 they really missed on the opportunity of releasing stuff every couple of weeks they don't have the netflix energy or focus that where like Netflix every week something came out and so they always had this chance to really control the the social media buzz and conversation and also sort of chance that they would control it for a long time so they really struck gold with the queen's gambit where literally the queen's gambit for weeks for months has been in the conversation the public conversation um and before that it was like the old guard had like a couple weeks of being talked about even though it was like not extremely well received in terms of critic like engagement disney just never had that chance like they had hamilton for a bit but everyone had hamilton was sort of like a resuscitated energy as opposed to cuz it already had its initial like 2016 i think was like when it was doing its um its initial run and so like this was sort of just a revival of that and so it didn't stand for a long time. So anyways, it feels like this trailer is the most, come on, trust us. We have stuff that's coming out. To me, it just didn't have a lot. It, it. I'm sure if you want to take it apart and see all the, if you want to put out your YouTube video, that's like top 10 things you missed from the Winter Soldier. There's like a lot of cool things. But like at the end of the day, it's like uh, Zemo's going to be here. There's some teenage kid with a mask and there's a lot of killing. Okay, that's it not not as stimulating as loki which we're about to get into so not to me at least melvin with loki so you mentioned loki right you mentioned hey not not
1: as excited for falcon winter soldier what excites you about loki
0: yeah so i guess we'll just go ahead and do this uh loki may 2021 so a little bit after kind of like the beginning of the summer stuff Uh, If summer, like, do seasons even exist post-COVID anymore? Like, they all just sort of melded together. Seasons were most noticeable because the school year started and ended. (laughs) But now school doesn't exist. So, Um, (laughs) anyways, May 2021. Yeah, this Loki trailer, it's sort of like the WandaVision trailer just a a few months back. Like, Loki just looks like it's going to take the weird route of that bigger Marvel cinematic universe we all can't wait for. And, like, the trailer just opens with a scene of Endgame where we just watch him vanish again, watch Loki vanish again. And then he just reappears on a sand planet. So we're now picking up on uh, what Endgame sort of alluded to, which frankly was some of the reasons why I didn't like Endgame is because it just spent time setting up for the next phase, even though I just really wanted it to be a conclusion to the previous phase. But whatever, this is the world we live in. Um, Loki wakes up in a sand planet only to be captured and is in an elevator. And then he's just talking to a man who clearly knows more than he does and is asking a lot of questions and then Loki of course is thinking what's going on and so are we
1: and that man is Owen Wilson right that was Is Owen that Wilson. Owen
0: Wilson? I was like I, I think so. <laughs> Unless <laughs> my awesome. eyes are betraying me. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that was Owen Wilson. Wow. Woo. Uh, that's awesome. But uh yeah then we hear you know the name TVA uh as well as later see the logo displayed on a giant television screen among many other television screens throughout as Loki wears traditional green and horned outfit, prison garb, a suit and tie. During one scene, he's surrounded by men in Viking suits who are all wearing a presidential pin that reads Loki. So this looks weird. I think it looks great, though, because it looks weird. WandaVision looked bonkers, but like in that bonkers, serious drama way, whereas Loki looks bonkers in the sort of like, this is a big giant mystery bonkers world. I think what's funny, though, is like Loki is like super loved by the Marvel fandom and has been super loved since Thor. But I think that's because he was the only interesting character in the, the primary three Thor films. Like, yeah, Thor, three kind of redeemed characters, but it also rewrote characters, whereas Loki is sort of consistently they've hit it out of the park with him. But he's also, to me, been sort of overly hyped. I don't find Loki as compelling as other characters, but I do find him the most compelling when it comes to the Thor films. Uh, But the show's premise, mysterious premise, is what's compelling me to watch it because it sort of looks like they're sort of doing a Truman Show style thing where – or maybe even like a a holodeck, Star Trek holodeck thing where like he's having to complete these objectives in weird situations that – don't seem to correlate, but they do in a science fiction sense. If anything I've just said sounds super confusing, that's kind of the thing, but this is confusing in the sense of like, this is intriguing me, not in the Ms. Marvel, like, I don't know what's going on thing. All of that is way more engaging to me than... Here's Falcon, here's Winter Soldier, here's a gun. <laughs> like, I just think this looks way more interesting to me. So when Kevin Feige announced this, he, he
1: stated that it was a crime thriller. And I'm like, so I'm I'm watching that you know me, Melvin. I love crime movies. So I'm like yeah, you did, interesting. Yeah. Okay, let's let's see what this looks like. Um I'm thinking, you know, maybe they're sending Loki back to the nineteen twenties. He's gonna be, you know, a a prohibition gangster. Or, or they're sending twist. him yeah. with a twist, you know, I'm thinking that. And then I, I watched this trailer, you know, it. I, I wouldn't necessarily call this a crime thriller. Um, It looks like some kind of zany, you know, kind of interstellar kind of story. But do you think that's an accurate
0: description of this show? Like is, it, is it a crime thriller? It looks like the pl- whatever he's on. Well, ju- I'm just going to use the term planet. Obviously, there's going to be comic fans who know what this is based off of, if it's based off of anything, and they'll be like, ah, Melvin, don't you know anything? Well, no, I don't. I don't read as much. I I read comics, but not like these kinds. It looks like he's going to some sort of prison planet, maybe, and then on the prison planet, they might be just like, this is my all oh, total speculation that like this prison planet uses their prisoners for some sort of like profitable gain and it could be some sort of tv show or some sort of like entertainment system and so he's Mm -hmm. completing objectives and the whole thing is he has to do that to live or survive or bring bring down his prison sentence simultaneously he's trying to break out and so maybe the whole thing with like the weird mixtures of genres i mean the fact that there's like there's like four different genres shown in this (laughs) trailer and he's, and he's just in all of them. And so I'm assuming it's like, he has to complete these weird every episode is a new objective thing. I
1: I like the Truman show. I like the Truman show analogy you gave. I mean it like for, for me to call it a crime thriller, that's kind of a stretch, but the, the idea of, and, and you know, the name that we see is TVA kind of like, which sounds like
0: television, like
1: television. Like what if, you know, this is just kind of what an audience is watching. It's a new episode. And they show a lot of television like
0: screens, or and they're either. Yeah. I the first thing I think of is either like the prison security room where you have all these screens you're watching to watch your prisoners, or is the editing room <laughs> for a live broadcast where you have all these screens, all um, a la nightcrawler where someone's jumping across different um, television screens because they have to get the best shot. So that that's sort of what I'm suspecting. Like,
1: like his character, Loki's a wild card. And I think the show looks like a wild card, a fun yeah. wild card that yeah. is, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. So next we have What If? This is going to be released in summer 2021. And this is kind of a, you know, again, based on the title, this is a what if, what if this had happened in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's pretty interesting because we're taking you know key stories that Marvel Cinematic Universe fans know and love, and we're twisting them. So, in one scenario, we have instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, for example, we have Peggy Carter uh, undergoing yeah. that Super Soldier program, becoming a Super Soldier, and I don't know becoming Captain Britain. I don't know. I don't know what her yeah, name is. Yeah, she but... had
0: a different. Um... It had looked like the Union Jack on her on her chest. So, yeah, it it looked very different.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) what are your thoughts on this show, Melvin? Is this something you're dying to see or is it, you know,
0: just like, hey, this is this will be a fun thing to check out in the summer. It's so funny because, like, there's not even a lot to explain other than, yeah, the trailer is quite literally what if like that's all it is. Whatever you can think of is probably what they're going to run with. So, like, the whole premise of what if is like it's going back and changing what we've already seen. The opening of it is what was it? It was like, what if Star Lord? Oh, what
1: if it was uh, uh Black Panther? Yeah, it's Black Panther, right? Is or, that Black Panther? He, I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, T'Challa, and he gets picked up. You know, instead of uh, Star Lord getting picked up or Peter Quill when he's a kid, mm-hmm. uh, T'Challa gets picked up by Yondu, and so now the it's it's this really interesting idea of, and I think they're playing with this the. Maybe the multiverse or at least just the many different variables that go into these movies.
0: I think it's kind of interesting to take it a little step further and say Peggy Carter is a Union Jack uh, outfit, and so it's Captain Union (laughs) Jack. I think that's pretty cool. You can call her Captain Jack for all I care. I think that's pretty funny. In fact, there could be some funny jokes about how, like, have you seen Captain Jack? And then she shows up, and they're like, it's a woman. Like, there's a lot of funny jokes that could be had there. And, like, I think it's pretty cool to say, like, it's not just that Star-Lord uh like star lord is actually also black panther like that could be pretty interesting too because then there could be an interesting play on like when he's coming back like if it quite literally isn't just chadwick boseman which uh praise god we get to see hear some more performance from him it's just a man that, that still hurts me when i hear when i remind remind myself that he passed it hurts It it really does um but like he the idea of him like if he's still wakandan which it looks like he is and is still potentially the heir to the throne him going away to other planets to be star lord and then what coming back to try to take the to also still run wakanda could be interesting especially if they um have um i can't believe oh killmonger. killmonger killmonger i my brain just stops working at times but like the conflict of him coming back to like you know run the city could be interesting because it'd be like you left the planet <laughs> like you left like, the planet like you want to be it's like, king dude, you're, now you're the savior of the
1: galaxy and you're going to be the savior of the world now too it's like come on you got to share a little bit of this goodness that you got you know you're the king and you're star lord
0: so but carter what do you think i it sounds like you're pretty interested in this too i mean zombie captain america is pretty neat so that's cool too that that was cool i'll, I'll definitely check it out i'm not dying to see this yeah i think
1: the aspect that i hit on earlier kind of that m- parallel reality or multiverse i'm Excited for when they explore that in the live action world, potentially with Spider-Man three and other things like that. I'm I'm not, you know, it's, it looks, looks fun. It looks like an interesting, again, what if, you know, what if this happened? What if that happened? Um, and so, but again, not dying, not dying to see it for sure. So next up, Melvin, I know you're really excited for this one. Uh, we have, oh. we have Star Wars, the bad batch. Now uh, this is, Jokingly referred to as Star Wars: The Clone Wars Season Eight, and I really don't know too much about this show. Um, so I, yeah, I do know, neither do I. you know, just looking at the just looking at the trailer. I mean, it really does look like the Clone Wars, but I guess we're dealing with the Bad Batch, which is this like some kind of rogue squadron of uh, what well, rogue squad, not rogue squadron
0: of clones, or what is this from? Yeah, there was they're introduced in some episode of the Clone Wars. Unfortunately, the one the one host uh, who's actually watched a lot of the Clone Wars, Daniel, is not on this episode, so he can't <laughs> give us the specifics. And unfortunately, I, I know I should probably watch it chronologically instead of in release order, but I just can't get through season two. I need to finish it. I know Clone Wars gets better after season two. Sorry, everybody who's listening. But yes, the Bad Batch is a particular group, group of clone troopers who... Um, are introduced in a couple episodes and it seems, yeah, are obviously still around uh, when the Empire takes over. Here's a question for you, Melvin. Do you think that,
1: like, do you care about Star Wars after watching The Rise of Skywalker? <sighs> is it still important to you? I guess oh, so. Uh, knowing question. how it ends?
0: The thing that's frustrating about sequel trilogies or sequel content is it actually can tarnish what came before it. Whereas prequel stuff, even if it's bad, doesn't really ruin stuff in terms of chronological content i actually think prequels are safer to produce because they can't really ruin something um i know some people feel like feel that way with things like mid like using star wars as an example they can feel that way with midichlorians they can feel that way with like anakin being whiny but like i really don't think that prequels damage content as much as people say they do but i think sequels actually damage content more because When you watch something, um, sequel stuff sort of is supposed to continue or cap off content. And it's sort of supposed to be like, if you're ever continuing a story, you're constantly thinking, how does this resolve something that I just said earlier? And that's not just in terms of the grand story. So like, how does page 200 resolve what you set up in page 20? It's like, how does this chapter resolve itself before I move on to the next chapter? and you're always wondering if it if it's going to pay off and so like when sequel content when content after doesn't resolve what content came before it can kind of tarnish it now i say that but like i still kind of like star wars i still kind of like stuff that happens in other areas and so like the benefit of something like the mandalorian or the bad batch or even the clone wars series or i guess maybe andor when we talk about that what little there is to <laughs> talk about that there is like some more interest there because it's so separated, but I don't know. I star Wars is frustrating. What a surprise.
1: What a novel thing. Melvin, that's actually one of my, one of my favorite takes from you. Cause I think that the sequel trilogy, <laughs> good, in, in not that a regard, bad take
0: from Melvin. I'm glad <laughs> it's,
1: it's the first take I've really enjoyed. No, not at all. I think you got a lot of good takes, but, um, this This take was good because I'll tell you this, like when it comes to something like the Bad batch,
0: I'm not too interested in it, and there's not a lot to go off, like the trailer's just a lot of shooting and jumping, and it's probably just frankly, since they say releasing soon, there's no definitive date um it's probably just scenes they finished animating but not putting all of the audio to, <laughs> so it's like there's really not a lot to go off on this <laughs> there's not, and you know i I think. One thing that's
1: really hurt the Star Wars experience for me, you know, it's not necessarily se- episode seven and eight, which I, I definitely have problems with. It's episode nine, which I feel like, because that is supposed to be the culmination of nine movies and all these TV right. shows and movies that take place in between. And so it's it's almost like that, the bad taste of episode nine has really colored everything. And even the Mandalorian, which you know, we were talking about, it's serious dad energy, which I love. It's so good. I like even the mandalorian there's a point where it's like yeah this is great but i know how it ends i know what happens and it's right. one of the most disappointing endings it when it comes to the large universe and so or looking It at has Luke- to
0: like do something that it, it has to like offshoot like some of yeah. these stuff some of these things have to start peppering in content that like something else is going on in the world of star wars and it has to draw me towards that you know what i mean like this is speculation on Black Widow because we don't know, but like Black Widow is a prequel. It's set before, you know, when it can't actually be set because of, uh, end game. But the, obviously the intention is Black Widow is going to plant a seed for something that's going to push us and propel us to look forward to phase, uh, what phase four or five. I don't know what phase we're on, but the next phase Phase four, yeah, they have to do that because end game is the ending of like phase one through three. And so, all the star wars stuff like the bad batch i mean the clone wars can be its own thing cuz the clone wars is just an entire series of of it's an entire era and so there's a lot to cover there and i think that's great cuz i think episode 3 for the for lack for what it is is kind of a satisfying ending to that to that series but like the bad batch and even andor and even mandalorian or whatever else like if they can start peppering in some sort of other world then I think these can supersede the error that is episode nine. But continuing with our Star Wars stuff, and man, first off, I just got to say, we are making the best time here. Something, um, just a little insight to like podcasting, which I think, I think if people are regular podcast listeners, they are also interested in the medium itself. Sort of like how, Carter, you and I love movies, so we love the behind the scenes stuff. um. So I'll give you listeners a little bit of background, something frustrating with podcasting. And there's this constant tension is trying to keep the time paced well and trying to keep things moving forward with the amount of information you have. And this is a trailer talk where we're covering probably the most content we've ever covered. And, I think you probably heard it in another episode where like a personal thing for me is I want to keep it in under an hour because it makes editing easier. It genuinely not only makes it easier to know that I'm only editing an hour of content. It's also your brain is appreciative of the fact that you only have an hour to go through. Have you ever looked at a podcast and gone, ah, I'm kind of glad that's not an hour long. <laughs> Let me go ahead and plug that in. So I'm just thank you, Carter. We're doing a good job here. Um, getting this content going. This is this is good. This is good, Melvin. A little I agree. clap. I agree. There you go. <laughs> Feel good. Feel proud. Um, but yeah, last one. Here we go. Andor. This is a trailer where we really. I mean, I thought we didn't know a lot about Miss Marvel. We really don't know a lot about Andor. We get like one or two finished sequences in the very beginning. A lot of talking head some behind-the-scenes, and then concept art, which I'm all for that. That's cool. I like The Mandalorian because the, I watch the credits because the concept arts are very cool. So it looks like they'll continue with that. I'm glad to see that continue. Uh, but anyways, Andor releasing 2022, if we make it there, and uh, basically is taking one of the lead characters from Rogue One, Cassian Andor, right? That's his name. Anyways, yep. uh, because who, who are these characters, right? Um, anyways, the show Andor looks... Like, we don't really know much. The trailer is more of a we're working on it kind of trailer, which definitely fits that investor call vibe, but comfortably gets the fans and geeks excited, too. Cassian has a strong introduction in Rogue One, a film that makes no sense if you spend less than a minute thinking about it, and frustrates established Star Wars canon. Yes, that's even Disney canon if you spend two minutes thinking about it. Cassian as a character also falls apart like other Disney Star Wars movies that we just discussed, but there might be something interesting in his history that makes the show worthwhile. With a potential 12 episodes and 12 scripts and a myriad of named characters and a ton of extras, all the cold hard facts that the trailer wants you to know about, there's something to be excited for in terms of more content, which here at Cinematic Doctrine we have criticized Disney Plus for not having enough of. Knowing that there's just more stuff coming is exciting. Point is, not much to talk about here, but still something to be excited about, you know, in prep for 2022, a year two, a year and a half from now. Carter, thankfully, says he has some background information to talk about in terms of Andor. So let's go ahead and actually talk about something with regards to Andor. So what do you got, Carter?
1: You know, I, I think it's really funny with these investor calls or, or the, just these announcements that we've seen over the years from whether it's D23 or Comic-Con. They always say, hey, we're entering this genre and or this type of genre. And so for Andor, when they introduced it, I believe it was uh, Kathleen Kennedy. She introduced it as a spy thriller. Um, and it's actually, I think the showrunner is Tony Gilroy, who's had a big hand in the Bourne series. And so mm-hmm. she referenced Bourne saying, hey, this is going to be kind of the Star Wars version of a spy thriller. Wear your seatbelts. Get ready for the shaky cam. Now, this is this is interesting because... That's kind of how they pitched Rogue One, and Rogue One was just kind of a nothing burger, like it was maybe just, the original edit was like that, <laughs> maybe the original edit was like that, and then Tony Gilroy, who's now running the Andor show, actually came in and took over for Gareth, not for Gareth for. I always get them mixed. Yeah, up.
0: Yeah, I mix. We always uh, mix them Gareth, up, man. It's Gareth, it's Evans? Gareth Edwards. This Edwards. one's Gareth Edwards, man. I, <laughs> I know, man. I could never get him right. Gareth Evans, uh, Gareth Edwards. So he
1: took it from Edwards in during you know while they were kind of cutting it, and he reshot you know, some scenes. And so it's it's it just cracks me up when they say, "Hey, we're we're making a spy thriller," and it's like there might be one or two elements of that. The style is so kind of you know, across the board, the same again, that nothing burger style, it's just, it's going to be like, okay, I guess you can call this a spy thriller, but it's not going to have the I doubt it's going to have the verve of, of, of the born movies right. or um,
0: past like experience or credit. It doesn't seem like what they're saying is going to be true. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I really don't give a rip about this show because I didn't really didn't care about the Cassian Andor character in Rogue yeah. One. I think Rogue One was pretty poorly conceived from the beginning. I thought the initial pitch that they had for it, you know, stealing the Death Star plans. That's a really interesting idea. But the characters that they brought in there, I just didn't really care for. And so then bringing Andor back in this prequel series, even, you know, I really like Diego Luna, but it just it it's not something that's very interesting to me. I, I think I'm a little more excited for something like maybe Ahsoka or Rangers. There was another one called Rangers of the Republic or something. That sounds pretty cool. But yeah, as, as of right now, not not Dynasty Andor if they do if they do actually make a spy thriller that'd be cool. I love spy movies. You know, it sounds like they're going big on this with 12 episodes, 12
0: scripts. So, we'll see. We'll have to wait till 2022. Here's here's a positive uh way to look at it. So, The Dark Crystal's a pretty interesting puppet fantasy story, but it's kind of bare bones as a as a film. Honestly, you watch The Dark Crystal though because it is this massive amazing jim henson production that's just so filled with creativity and love but when you watch the dark crystal age of resistance the netflix prequel you kind of think like what can they do but of course i mean there's like a thousand years there's a massive timeline difference between the two but the dark crystal age of resistance ultimately enhances the dark crystal film it i I honestly feel like lord willing we'll get a season two for age of resistance because it Doesn't like end, but like it ends. The prequel itself is such a great story and a great production that, like, I find myself like, if I watch The Dark Crystal, the movie, I'll actually find it better because I kind of have this background, cool story stuff to enjoy in that way. With that in mind, I think Cassian has like. Actually, this would be a really interesting pre-show or topical discussion to discuss how prequels and sequels can improve or 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 ruin a series. And I kind of just gave you a, a brief look at that earlier. But this is a way in which a prequel could have the benefit of improving a narrative. And I think Cassian could improve Rogue One in terms of my engagement. Because like, here's the thing: like, episode three, Revenge of the Sith is not like Like, it's a weird movie because it's a non-traditional, non-linear story. It's just crazy. Like, if you try and, like, watch it in terms of, like, this is, if you watch it with traditional storytelling in mind, it is a mess. It is so over the top. People stand and sit when they talk. They don't do anything else. There's a lot of guns and shooting. Characters teleport. They move all over the place. And it's overly dramatic. But, like, I really like it. I don't know why I think it's just because I understand like there's so much background information and story going on. Like the whole Senate stuff is boring, but like when you've read some of the books, it's kind of interesting. And then also if you kind of take in the meta knowledge of what Lucas is doing, because those movies are just Lucas's response to the poor Senate and political responses to nine 11. Really? That's what it is. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, it's just how, I mean, we talked about this kind of in our tenant review, how the way Nolan looks at the world is th- and interprets his worldview is men in suits punching and kicking. <laughs> and so you can kind of look at Star Wars as that, too. Um, content creation is a weird gig. Um, but like... All of this to say is like having background knowledge can improve something. So like Rogue One is a nothing burger film. It's weird and it's kind of dumb. But like having background information can improve it. So can Cassian, can there be something interesting to Cassian? Probably. I think it would be interesting to watch Cassian and sort of see some stuff. Maybe <laughs> I <laughs> I could see this. This is what I'm going to prediction. Prediction time. Uh, this is how we're literally ending this episode because Carter, you're going to do a prediction too. It's going to happen. I'm predicting that Cassian is not only going to have this, like, potentially improved experience to rogue one but there is going to be a scene where cassian has an interaction with that guy he kills in the beginning of rogue one and they're gonna have like an entire plot line together and a story just so that when you watch rogue one and he just murders him it's gonna be like no it's the guy they had this big historian <laughs> adventure together <laughs> so that's that's my prediction because this is a geek podcast now and that's what you do in a geek podcast. What's your prediction though, Carter? What are you predicting?
1: My prediction is that it's going to be that that grayscale color
0: tone, which I'm just not a fan of. You know, how, <laughs> how Rogue One looked, I think it's going to look like that. And so they can make the CG cheaper. They don't have to put spend as much time making it look realistic because the colors aren't real anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. true. And, and so
1: it, I think it's going to feature a lot of that. And then I think... We're also going to have a lot of, you know, underworld dealings. You know, you'll see mm-hmm. Cassian kind of like in the beginning of rogue one, like moving in and out of the underworld, uh, but murdering people, it's going to be like a lesser version of the Mandalorian because we kind of already get that with the Mandalorian, but we're just going to have this dude. Who's just your average dude, you know, maybe he's got some, yeah. maybe he's got some skills, but he's not a Mandalorian. He doesn't look that cool either. You know, he doesn't have that cool suit of armor. So it, it sounds like, I, I, there's just not much of a hook for me, and so I, I I just think it'll be pretty. I'm sure it will be received fine, but I'm not expecting uh, too much beyond that. Any plot predictions or
0: or narrative predictions?
1: Plot predictions. Um, I think they'll definitely, like you said, have a lot of callbacks to Rogue One. But other than that, I have no idea what they're getting because it's probably going to be taking place, you know, around the time of Episode Three, right after that.
0: Maybe. Maybe that far back or maybe right up to Rogue One.
1: Maybe right up to Rogue One. Yeah, that's,
0: those are my predictions. So let's, uh, let's do what we sometimes forget but are going to try and remember to do uh, with our trailer talk. What is the property you are most excited for out of all of this? Now, I mean, there's only really three main ones we can take any sort of expectation on, but is there a particular that you're just like, yeah, this is what I'm excited for?
1: Yeah, property I'm most excited for... Man, it's it's either going to be Loki or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I love that energy stuff. So Falcon mm-hmm. and the Winter Soldier, that'll be fun, um, I'm sure. And then I think Loki looks very interesting, especially with that Truman show, you know, kind of spice thrown on there. So I would say either one of those. And if I had to choose, probably Loki. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is actually kind of the first trailer talk where like none of them really get my attention. and. Part of that is, like, like Loki is obviously like the the right answer in terms of like, uh, that's the one that this whole trailer talk I'm the most sound the most excited for. So that's that's that. But um, like none of them really got me as excited as like the previous few trailer talks we've covered. Like Wandavision, something about that trailer was like this sounds great. Like I I was engaged by everything about it. Uh, I also really like the performers in that. So there's that too. And obviously, like we've had trailers like Dune. <laughs> and then even I'm thinking at yeah. the beginning of the year, there were trailers for things like Tenet. And even um the new mutants trailer was like, Finally it exists. <laughs> like we can finally watch it. Yeah. So it's the one that I was uh that was most excited for. It. But um I I have to either go with Miss Marvel in terms of just like I really find the character fascinating, and I have two Miss Marvel comics on our shelf right now that I haven't read. And but it's like one of those weird I'm sure you have this too, where there's like something you're fascinated by, but you have yet to dig into. And Miss Marvel is sort of that, that thing for me. I think if we want to pull out the cinephile card, the movie or series of movies I've wanted to watch that fascinates me, but I haven't gone into is Kiyani Katsi. You know those ones? Yep, yep. Yeah. The, uh, the the ones that look beautiful, right? The, that's the all I know The ones that about like, it. yeah. Yeah. um, Like Philip Glass music. And I'm like, I'm going to love that. I really am interested <laughs> in it, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, and I know there's a Criterion release with all three and I just haven't. But anyways, Miss Marvel's definitely in that field where like I think I just am fascinated from a distance and I can't wait to just kind of dive in and get to know this character. And so that's, definitely my number one and i'm gonna cheat and give a number two which we typically don't but i guess like in terms of things i'll actually see this year or we actually know about loki's definitely the one um but we're gonna have to wait a bit for that because that one's yeah that's may so you know hopefully I'll be able to see that at somebody's house because I'll be vaccinated and we get to watch it together. So that'll be pretty fun, but I'm pretty sure podcasters are last in line for people who get vaccinated. So uh, our entire line of work requires us to stay at home and use a microphone. So we don't really need vaccines. That's, that's where I'm at. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of trailer talk. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoy the show, always feel free to share your thoughts with a review, follow us on social media, check out the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group, or support us on Patreon and get some sick perks. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier. Thanks so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Shirleyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support means the world to us. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematicdoctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.